Welcome, 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 my friends. You are listening to It's Simply Digital, and I am your host, Lisa Williams. We will be diving into tips, tricks, and strategies to up your digital marketing game and make you a savvy digital success. Hello there. You are listening to episode number 86 of It's Simply Digital, and today's guest is Nat Berman, and he is the founder of Uncoached. And Nat says, I never wanted a boss and I cannot stand commuting anywhere. So since a very young age, he had a problem with authority and he wanted to do his own thing. And he found this blogging platform back in 2007 and he quit his job and he has never looked back. He has over 6 million visitors per month that reach about nine different portfolios and sites that he manages. And he has never taken any investment capital and he's never had an employee. And today he spends time with his family and his kids. Hey, Nat, thanks so much for joining me. How are you today? I am well, thanks for having me. Where are you calling in from? I am in Long Island in New York. So are things still pretty crazy there or are they kind of calmed down a little bit? Uh, in reference to like COVID <laughs> and all that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like I think anywhere else, New York, we, we had experienced sort of what I think the rest of the country is experiencing a little bit mm -hmm. earlier. So I wouldn't say we're used to it. Nobody's used to it. But uh, look, my kids are learning from home and... Um, I'm used to working from home. So I guess, fortunately, however you want to frame it, my life hasn't necessarily changed quite as dramatically as maybe some other folks, but um, it's a little hairy, you know, and, and, and I think that's how it is uh, across the country right now. So look, we're right. just, we just want to get through the next uh, few months and, and, and hopefully everybody goes back to whatever, whatever normal Whatever you, yeah, whatever normal looks like for you. Well, yeah. well, we're going to hope that that happens. Okay, well, we're not here to talk about Corona. So <laughs> we are here to talk about a little bit about entrepreneurship and business and leadership. And um, I, I love that you're jumping on. Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Sure. All right. Sure. Um, so tell me a little bit about you know, I was reading your bio and it says that you, you started your own business back in 2007 by blogging. So kind of walk me through a little bit because, you know, you say that you couldn't work for anybody else. You couldn't commute, especially in New York on Long Island. Um, and so tell me how, how that got started and how you turned blogging into a business. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was a recruiter by trade. I was I was doing um, financial services recruiting, so investment bankers and traders and a lot of like Wall Street folks. Um, and I had been in that business for about six and a half years. And when I first started, my commute was awful. Uh, it was like <laughs> two and a half hours each way. I mean, it, we're we're talking, you know, pretty bad. And um, by the time I was done with recruiting, um, it was a 15 minute walk from my apartment and I had only worked for, for two people, which was great. So I had a, you know, autonomy in my job and I had, had the shorter commute, um, right. but it didn't solve all of my issues when it came to uh, my quality of life and what I sort of wanted in a job. Um, 
the job was fine and I did okay, but ultimately I always found myself, and this is from a very young age, I just never liked authority, never necessarily liked being told what to do, even when someone was nice. And right. I got to that point where I had fantastic bosses who were very, very nice, but I just never got over the fact that something wasn't my own. Um, that always gnawed at me. So, and I had always been, I guess, I guess you could say entrepreneurial in spirit from a very young age and, um, you know, selling baseball cards and gum to other kids at school and all that, <laughs> all that stuff. That sure, you hear. sure. Um, so in 2007, which was, it was just weird. I got this email from a buddy of mine who said, um, you ever hear a blog spot? I'm like, no. And it's Google's blogging platform to everyone listening who doesn't, was not familiar. And um, I was like, oh, what is that? And he said, you know, you can just like write stuff. And, and like, so I was like, okay. <laughs> like you could just write and stuff. <laughs> you could just like write stuff and, and like people will read it and you could see like the stats and how many people are reading it. And I always liked stuff like that because I played a lot of video games as a kid. So I was always into like, you know, how can I win the game or how many, you know, whatever. So it was intriguing to see like, oh, wow, I can get, you know, people viewing this. So I started writing um, just willy nilly on this, on this platform. Um, and I found that there were all these things called blogs that weren't on Blogspot. They were on different platforms. WordPress is, is the most popular one, which all my sure. sites are on now. And um, I saw that there were these little, little square pictures all over them. And I didn't know what the hell that was. And they were ads. And so, you know, I really took to it, really liked it, learned how to create a, a website on WordPress. Um, and it grew relatively quickly. Um, I became very, very immersed in it. Um, as, as you and I had spoken about, you know, I would work my full-time job eight to 6 PM or so. And then I'd come home and just write for hours and hours and hours. Um, and I really learned the game. I, I built relationships with other websites, started getting mentioned on the, the real the real big one was Sports Illustrated. They started linking to a lot of my stuff and, and that really set things off. Mm -hmm. um, and I just asked everyone I could in the industry for help, you know, and, and back then it was a lot easier to get in touch with people sure. through email, especially webmasters and people who, who wrote for websites. It, it wasn't like today where you know, they'll ignore every single correspondence <laughs> you send. So, right, um, right. but it, it took off pretty quick within like six months or so. I got a lot of traction, uh, started earning a little bit of money and it was amazing. You know, nothing, nothing compares to that first time I earned like a few bucks on, on AdSense. That was, uh, that was incredible. And around, you know, 2008 summertime, things weren't great in financial world. That was financial crisis sure. time. So sure. I, I did have a talk with my bosses at that time. And even they said, look, we're in for a really tough year. Um, we don't even know if we're going to be able to pay you. Um, and, but they were really nice and said, look, uh, you can, can, you know, you can keep coming here. Um, doing, do, do whatever you want actually is what they said. And when we <laughs> have work for you, obviously we'll give it to you. So I kept uh -huh. working on the sites. Um, and I, I made a conscious decision. The first time I, I made enough money, it was like, I don't know, I think it was like between a thousand or two thousand dollars in a month. I said, all right, I'm just gonna take a shot here. I had some months in savings. And um, you know, it was a risk, but I certainly calculated that risk. 
Sure. And uh, one day, I think it was May in 08, something like that, or July or June. It's the summer of 08. Um, I told my bosses, I got to give this thing a try. You know, they certainly gave me their blessing. They weren't upset or anything like that. And uh, that was it. I never turned I back. I looked back. Worked my oh. ass off every day <laughs> until uh, until I, I could, well, whatever. It's still not over. So I have no yeah. idea. We'll see. We'll see. Well, and you took a bet on yourself. I love that. Like you, you really felt the confidence to take a bet on yourself. All right. So we're going to fast forward to 2020 because, you know, um, you do coaching, live coaching, coaching. And so how have you seen this year impact your business and just individuals in general, you know, mindset, mentality, fear, you know, all that stuff. So, so yeah. can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. So in my industry specifically, uh, the impact we really had was that initially when COVID hit, um, advertisers got very, very gun shy, really, really sure. scared, obviously. So, uh, earnings kind of took a dive, um, from the sense that budgets were lowered considerably. So how I make money is through display advertising. And mm -hmm. so rates, you know, basically got cut in half. Um, but at the same time, more people were home. So there were more people online. So my traffic kind of spiked. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't necessarily offset the losses, but it was, look, I, I consider myself extraordinarily lucky um, because I'm not in an, industry, in an industry that was highly affected uh, sure. just with regard to my own personal situation. So, but Look, I, I see what you see. I see people losing their jobs. I see people very, very scared. They're not sure what they're going to do. Um, you know, I, it, amazingly, I started doing a lot of just sort of, I was on LinkedIn a lot last January. Mm -hmm. And when COVID kind of hit, um, I really was into it at that point, doing a lot of the videos that I do. And I just... I don't know, something went off in me where I was like, I, I don't really, I don't feel comfortable with just a lot of people being in the situations that they're in. It really upset me. Mm -hmm. uh, and coaching was a natural fit. I've always loved speaking. Uh, I've always loved motivating people. Um, but it really didn't, you know, it, I, I had done some of that on the side in terms of consulting and helping people in my particular business, but personal coaching uh, how to achieve a life you want to achieve that wasn't that really sort of started incubating you know back in back in January and I, I really put it into a real process I think really starting from those videos and then you know up until today sure um, so yeah so so how do you help people achieve the life that they want to achieve let's talk about that you know because um, I just took the leap and bet on myself. Um, I've been, you know, had side hustles. And like you said, worked my full-time job and came home from, you know, six to 10 or six to whatever time and worked on Saturdays and Sundays and as often as I could on my side hustle. So, you know, how do you help people achieve the life that they want? And, and what, what does that look like? What are they looking to do? You know, because I think we see this world as, oh, I can make money online. Well, what do you do? Like, how do you do it? You know? And so it's a great question. It's a great question. Look, um, 
you know, I can't speak for every single person in terms of what is their ideal situation, but I can tell you the things that I most commonly find that people are looking for. Uh-huh. Uh, time, they're looking for time, they're looking for freedom, and oftentimes they're looking for money. Mm-hmm. And freedom and money, I almost tie together because they're looking for financial freedom. Sure. Um, th- those are the most common things I think people are looking for. Um, so in terms of how I help them achieve that, it starts from a base of one of the things I find people have loads of trouble with is being productive. Um, people lose so much time in the day because they're not focused and they're not motivated. I always tend to say, you know, I have a, a there's a funny nickname people call me. They call me the machine. And <laughs> I, I think it's very cheesy, but I also embrace that fully because I tend to be able to get things done in a much, much shorter period of time than I would say, you know, the average worker. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a key component to having all this kind of freedom. Um, And and you'd be amazed at what you can accomplish if you lock yourself in a room with zero distractions and focus on that one thing that you're really supposed to do. So few people do that. And so it really, it does start from there. Um, establishing that kind of foundation. But in terms of how I I really help people, it's really like a three-step process. The the first step is um, establishing a very strong foundation with them. So that means getting a very specific feel for who they are, what they want, um, how they communicate, how I can best work with a person. Um, Those are really important factors in, in the entire process is establishing that base, that foundation. Once that's set, um, we go into the planning phase. So you could have all the dreams in the world, but if you don't have a plan on how you're going to get those dreams, you know, to turn into reality, you're in deep shit. Um, So (laughs) I always give people the hotel example. If you're going to go stay at a hotel, what are the chances you're just going to go there sight unseen? It's almost zero, right? You're going to research the hotel. You want to see what it's like. You're going to read the reviews, blah, 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 blah. All that means is that you're having a very specific roadmap before you actually go to that hotel. And I find it baffling that people don't take that same approach to their own lives. Mm-hmm. When you actually can. Um, it's amazing. You know, you, you, you can lay out a really specific game plan and that's something I help people do. Uh, but then the hardest part, which I call phase three is the execution. That's by far the hardest part. That's the acting, that's the doing. Um, And that takes, in my mind, a couple of things. I think it takes goal setting, which may sound so cliche and cheesy, but I don't care because if you don't have some sort of goal there, how how are you gonna get there? Yeah, what are you looking to have one? Yeah, what are you looking to get? Yeah. Yeah, the more specificity you can gain, the better off you're gonna be. So I help people set long-term goals and short-term goals. And I always tell them to shelf the long-term goals once we establish them. Because mm-hmm. once you establish the long-term goals, all that matters is what you're doing from a you know, day-in, day-out basis to eventually get there. That's when being in the present really, really matters. You know, what am I doing today to get to those goals tomorrow? Tomorrow. Um, so we set very short-term goals all the way down to the daily, sometimes even hourly goals. Wow. Um, if that's what we need. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, that's how it's done. I mean, in my specific process, I meet with people 
um, every week. I have calls that last, you know, an hour or so. And then some people are in touch with me every single day. You know, they have access to me all the time in whatever, sure. whatever mode. And sometimes I'm in touch with people once a week. It really depends. But uh, that, that's typically what, what a process would look like. And um, it's been great. I, I absolutely love doing it. And, um, you know, no complaints yet. So I know we have a million things coming at us on a daily basis, emails, yeah. phones, text, you know, if whatever social media platforms you're on, messages through there, postings through their feeds, you know, WhatsApp, Snapchat, you may, I mean, like you name it, there's a million things coming at us. And so like you say, you have to get people focused. How do you get them focused with all of this noise going on? I mean, the news and the articles and the fear and the, oh wait, the politics and you know, everything that's going on in the world, how do you keep them focused and, and block out some of that noise? It's a great question. And what you're really talking about are distractions, right? Right. Um, and it's, it's making the distinction between what a distraction is and what a priority is. And that's, that's really important. And I think too many people get bogged down with a ton of distractions from any of the mediums that you just discussed. Even at work, people are, I, I hear so many people being like, I have so many pointless meetings. And I say, I know, because they are pointless, right? That was me, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I've been there, we've all been there, but it's not right. just work. I mean, it could be that person who called you that you didn't want to talk to. It could be, you know, what, you know that TV program, that app, whatever it is. So in order to get someone to focus on their priorities, what I do is really drill down on what's important to them. And if you know what's important to you, then you can lay the groundwork for knowing what you should probably be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And the way to know that is very simple. If whatever distraction you have or whatever these things coming from the outside, if they don't contribute to those things that are important to you or make you better in some way, they shouldn't be your priority. I'm not saying to cut them off, by the way. I think that's almost destructive. There's a time and place for relaxing. In fact, I think that's an integral part of sure. being successful is knowing when to rest. Um, but, you know, I, 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 it, it's, it's not exactly a, a smart phrase that I use, or, but I, I guess I coined it. I call them have tos, right? So the have tos in your life are anything that contribute to what a lot of people call core values, right? Businesses have core values. Um, you know, a core value of a business could be, we want to make sure we have the best customer service for the entirety of our business, right? And, and we know that we're always going to stick to that. That's a core value. Right. So if you're a business, and you promise to have the best customer service, that means most of the actions that you take, most of the things that you do in your business should be geared towards customer service. Well, I think core values are applicable to life, right? If one of your core values is, is maintaining a, a very healthy lifestyle, then you should know that every day you should be doing something to contribute to that lifestyle. And obviously with health, that's a very broad topic. I try to help people get very specific with their values, right? So a specific health core value could be like, all right, well, I want to maintain this weight for the next 10 sure. years and, you know, whatever it is. And then you have to do all the things 
that contribute to that. Those are your have tos. So drinking a lot of water, right? Getting good sleep, getting good rest, you know, having the right nutritional balance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if, if anything falls outside of that, it's likely, you know, a waste of your time. Um, a waste, yeah. a waste of your time when, when it comes to that priority. Um, but like I said, um, look, I take naps every day, right? And naps are critical, in my opinion, to my productivity. People might be thinking, what the hell are you talking about? If you're wasting, you're wasting an hour by taking all that, because in the hour that I am awake, I'm going to get a whole lot more done than most people are going to get. And sure. the nap contributed to that. So those are all things that are, are really, really important. And, um, when you can, when you can prioritize and figure out what's most important to you and hold on to that, you can really harness everything else um, and really block out all the things that aren't necessary to, to achieve that. And I think, I love how you say these, like really honing in on your have tos, you know, because like for me, health, fitness, maintaining a, a healthy lifestyle is important to me. So I make those a priority in my life. Um, my business is also important to me in growing it, scaling it, automating it, my podcast, everything else. And so I make those a priority, but I think you could get burned out. And one of the things that I really want to kind of shift a little bit on is how as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we could really like you take a nap. I think that's wonderful. I meditate. I, I work out. I mean, we have to have breaks. We have to have timeouts. We have to, we can't grind 24 seven, right? I mean, we'd like to think we can, but we can't. And so one of the things that you talk about in your, um, that I love about how you, what you say is that you, you really only work a couple hours a day, three to four hours a day, because your time is so valuable with your family, with, with whatever you want to do to, to make that time. So how do you, how do you get there? How do you get to that place? Um, well, getting to a, a work day that's three to four hours or so um, requires a lot of trust. And that, that's one of the first things I would say. Um, you know, when I started off, Look, I was I, I was grinding, right? I was working, mm -hmm. you know, sixteen hours a day, you know, whatever you want to say. But that's because I did everything myself. So when it comes to entrepreneurs, clearly when you start off, a lot of this stuff is is in your hands, and without you taking an active role in pretty much every single facet of your business, you're not going to have the business. But as you progress, you start to figure out, well, what can I hand off, right? And who can I trust to hand this off to? Um, that's a that's a big one. I had a lot of trouble with that. I my guess is I could have I could have shortened my schedule quite a bit more a lot earlier in my career if I just trusted a little bit more. But you know I don't regret the decisions I've made. You know it's sure. but, so to get to that point, that's that's what I think that's a huge part of it is is allowing other people to be part of your business. And it doesn't mean you have to have employees. You can outsource. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not, you know, a, a lot of the folks that work uh, for me, they're all independent contractors. I'll probably never have an employee because I just don't want to deal with all that crap, you know, the, you know, whatever uh, benefits and the taxes. And you know, for me, sure. I, I like working with people who are like me. Look, I'll take care of everything myself. You know, you just give me a check and, and whatever. Right. Um, so that's how I that's that's really how it got to that point. Um, now, my day really just consists of 
assigning all the content that are on the sites. I'm not writing the content, you know, it, that's, that's very different. That's obviously time consuming. Um, so, and my accounting is essentially now outsourced, you know, so I don't do any of that anymore. Right. Um, and you can do that early on if you want. It, that's a financial decision that everyone has to make for themselves. Um, but I'm very deliberate, you know, with, with how I grew. It was basically like, all right, when, well, when I reach this income benchmark, then I'm going to do this. When I reach this income benchmark, I'm going to do that. So I was very deliberate with my, deliberate with my planning. And I do tend to encourage others to at least be specific about certain things. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm probably a bit more conservative than most people from a risk perspective. Then again, you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. What I find funny about risk is entrepreneurs don't think being an entrepreneur is risky. Right. Uh, right. It, and, and people who aren't think it's extremely think it, risky. Right. Right. But I always sit back and say, well, what's riskier? Taking life into your own hands or not knowing if you're going to have a job every single day. Right. Yeah it's pretty much the same amount of risk. You know, it's not really, it's not much different. Yeah. I mean, look, a, a solid paycheck. I get that. You start off with the solid paycheck. You don't have to build to get there, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's look, it, you can get fired from any job, anytime, anywhere for any reason. And no matter how much your boss loves you, no matter how well you get along with your coworkers, and I'm not saying that people aren't loved or appreciated or cared about in their jobs, but ultimately that doesn't necessarily matter with regard to their job security. Um, what matters is what that company they work for, what their bottom line is. And if that bottom line does not include you, um, you, you are at risk. Um, doesn't mean you can't have a successful career and, and be very happy in your career. I've met plenty of people who are. And I encourage that as well. I don't, I'm not, I don't tell people to like quit their jobs. That's not, right. that's not what it's about. Um, it's about what's doing right for you. But uh, it, yeah, I just find it curious that, but I think, I think there's a shift happening. I really do. I believe that. And it's not just because of COVID. I think we've seen a, a bigger entrepreneurial shift probably in the last two decades or so. Uh, a lot more people are their own bosses these days and they're finding that, Hey, look, I, it's what's so risky about it. Right. No, no, I, I would agree. Um, you know, my son, I think I, I mentioned to you offline that he's graduating from college in May and, you know, he's 21, a young adult and has not done a, an internship and, you know, is graduating with this finance degree. And he's already told me, I mean, you know, he's, I don't even know. He's not a millennial. I guess he's a Gen Z. Um, okay. He's already told me multiple times. I just can't see myself getting up and working for somebody else. I just can't see myself. And so I think that's a really good, I think that that's what you see a lot of mindset in college kids today or young adults today is I see that people have taken a risk have made a living, you know, doing something that they love. And I think his generation is really focused on, I want to be me and I want to do it the way I want to do it. And, you know, he keeps telling me, I can't see myself working for somebody else. Yeah. And so. I think that's a result of the cultural shift that you're seeing. You know, a lot of kids mm -hmm. learn from their parents, right? So right. I'm, an, I'm an entrepreneur. So naturally, it's not that I'm going to push my son 
sons to be entrepreneurs, but they see me every day and they see what I do. So it may develop in them simply by, you know, their observation that, whoa, that, that would feel weird for me to, I mean, this happened to me the other day, like my sons, they get, sometimes they get upset if daddy can't play with them. Right. And sometimes I'll sit them down with my wife and we'll both say, Hey, a lot of daddies are up at six in the morning. They don't get home till eight o'clock. Right. You don't know what that's like. <laughs> right. Man. Like you don't, right. you don't get it. You don't understand. And I don't, it's not like I'm saying you don't get how lucky you are. Right. I'm not trying to do that, but more importantly, like I even encourage people go out and get a nine to five, see how that feels. You know, it's important to be in that reality. You know, I was in that world and I knew it wasn't for me, but I, I stuck it out as long as I, I essentially could. Um, but sometimes nothing replaces experience. And uh, I, I'm one of those people, and this is a whole other topic, but I think it's very interesting, who I'm one of those people who I wasn't born to like be a baseball player, right? I, right. I, it wasn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick up a bat at three years old and say, all right, well, this isn't what I'm going to be. And I think most people are in that boat. Um, if you're in the boat of having that natural talent and being born for something, then all the more power to you. I think that's a sure. wonderful place to be. But most of us don't know what the hell we want to be. I find that one of the best ways to figure out what you want to be is knowing what you don't want and eliminating the things that you don't want. Um, and for me, that came down to, I, didn't, I always knew I didn't like authority and I always knew I didn't want to commute didn't mean like, all right, well, now all of a sudden I have this dream job. I figured it out from doing. You don't, right. fu- you don't figure it out from trying to figure it out. I'll never right. forget one of the worst times in my life was like post-graduation. I lived out in uh, L.A. for like three months with my friends and I was doing an internship somewhere. But I just remember that being such a ridiculously stressful time in my life because I put so much pressure on myself to find something. And I think so many people put a ridiculous amount of time and energy into finding, quote unquote, that thing, that thing that's going to make you work hard, that thing that's going to push you over the top. That's bullshit, by the way. You need to learn to do first. And eventually that thing will formulate itself. Like I said, if you're in the rare case where you're that, you know, the natural baseball player, that's great. Most of us aren't, and I think the act of doing itself will get you there. And you got to be patient, um, but the more you do, the quicker it'll come. Um, and I really, really believe in that. And that's, you know, some of the clients that I have, they're in that place where our whole entire job is let's get to where, you know, you're not necessarily passionate about something, but you're excited right? Um, It's about being excited about what you're doing. And and I think that's less of a function, at least for me, of the job itself than it is the feeling that I get, right? So I would, I would be happy. I would be happy in a job where let's say I was, you know, selling tires, right? Mm -hmm. If it was my own business, uh, I would be happier doing that than working for someone else and maybe something that was more glamorous or interesting than selling tires, right? 
The key is, is that it's my own business, right? And that itself, to me, is a driver. Not, it might not be to everybody else, but to me personally, it's a driver. And then it's, okay, well, can I do something other than selling tires? That's still my own, right? And it keeps right. narrowing down the process more and more and more. So when I took to writing, you know, blogging and writing, uh, I always loved writing. So that was a natural fit. So I, I, I walked right into it. But to say that I'm in my dream job and that I love what I do and all that stuff, look, it's still a job. Right. Um, you know, don't, don't ever let that confuse you. You know, being an entrepreneur is work. There are times you're going to be pissed and frustrated and aggravated, but that's like life. It's no different. Um, but it's certainly better than many alternatives. That's, that's for sure. I love now. I love how you say eliminate what you don't want because we're all trying to figure out what do we want, what's our passion, what's our why, how yeah. do we figure this out? And like I don't know, you know, you can follow everybody on social media, and then that's what they say: figure out your why, figure out your passion. What do you really? And I love how you say just start eliminating the things that you don't want to have happen. And I think that's kind of naturally what happened to me you know it just kind of through through eliminating oh I don't want to do this and I don't want to do this and I tried this and I think it just kind of naturally fell into place you know I had to get focused and had to do some some soul searching but I love how you say eliminating you know what what you don't want so you've tried it I don't like it this isn't for me. And you go on to the next thing. And so you have that experience and then you get to feel. um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you use the phrase and I, and it's funny because it's a very popular phrase, finding your why. Uh Look look at the first word, finding, finding you're Mm -hmm. emphasizing a search that to me is dangerous and it's way less productive um, rather than, you know, do until you get there, right? Do until that thing, you know, presents itself. Finding to me is a very, very dangerous word because it's, it almost elicits fantasy in a way. It's, it's like you're picturing something and what you picture is never reality. It, it very rarely is. Right. Uh, but reality can also be beautiful. I mean, reality can be better than what you picture. Um, we have a lot of power, um, more than we, we think we have. Um, but a lot of people don't recognize that. You know, that's certainly part of something that I do with folks is really allow them and give them the permission. Sometimes we don't even give ourselves the permission to pursue, you know, what it is we want to pursue. And that's, that's unfortunate, but... Uh, I really believe that a lot of this stuff is within people's power. Look, uh, you can be born into a very unsettling situation. You can't control who your parents are. You can't control who your siblings are. I get all that, right? But there are a ton of people in the world who have all the talent in the world and they do nothing with it. And on the other side of the equation, there's people who weren't blessed with tons of God-given ability and weren't born into a great situation and they made incredible lives for themselves. And that was a result, as far as I'm concerned, of the decisions that they've made. When you get old enough, you reach a point where it's your choice, right? right. 
you know, right. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And I certainly don't do that with anyone I work with. You're where you are right now. You and I are talking right now. We're where we're supposed to be. Um, I believe that. I do. And too. it's a result of everything that we've decided to do in our lives, the people we've aligned ourselves with. Those are all decisions. But once you know that you have the power to make those decisions, and a lot of people don't, once you know that, things can become a lot clearer. I think we can talk all day about the power sure. of decisions because, you know, it's, it's that winding road. It's those, I made a yes here and I made a no here and I made a mm -hmm. yes here and I made a no here. And that's what led me to, to where I am. And I think we think that circumstances happen to us and believe me, I've been there. I've felt it. Yep. I've, I've done that. You play the victim. We think that you can't, we don't have the power to get out of a certain situation or to make things different. And once you realize that, once that clicks with you, it, it's, it's game changing. It's life changing. It really is. Now that, that, yeah. that when you just said things happen to us, uh -huh. that really struck a nerve because it's not, it's not the things that happen to us that sort of determine our fate. It's what we do with Absolutely. those things right and my favorite example has always been like people that shop on a saturday when it's really crowded and mm -hmm. by the time they're home they're like super pissed off and in my head i'm like you could have avoided that completely that was your decision you waited right. on the line there's right no one there's no one to blame in that but yourself right. and i find that the majority of the time the things that have happened in our lives you can blame yourself you're in a rush that morning it's your fault you should have woken up earlier Right. Not no, your I... wife's fault or your husband's <laughs> fault or your kid's fault. If you woke up 15 minutes earlier, the whole problem was solved, right? And, right? and I think when you can attribute those things to your own actions, you feel a lot more confident in your life and you do feel like you have a better sense of control. And when we feel that way, um, that's when we can, you know, get to the place that we want to get to. Yeah, it's accountability and it's owning our, our accountability. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to be mindful of your time and I'm going to wrap this up. So tell people how they can reach you and um, where they could find you and, and, you know, all your social channels and all that. And I'll, I'll make sure and put it all in the show yeah. notes of the podcast. Yeah. So um, I do daily videos on, on LinkedIn and those are also on a YouTube channel that I have. Um, I have a website that I write regularly every single day i update it it's called uncoached.com u-n-c-o-a-c-h-e-d.com and on there um i have a newsletter as well that people you know tend to sign up to um have a nice community on there so yeah i mean um obviously i'll be sending you all my information but that's sure. where people can find me and you know look i really appreciate appreciate you having me on it was great um always nice to talk to a fellow entrepreneur so it's yeah. been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I loved sharing this conversation with you. I feel like we can talk for hours, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll make sure and drop everything in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you like what you hear and you want to learn more, you could go to itsimplydigital.com. And I would appreciate a rate and review on iTunes. I do read each and every one of those. Have a blessed day.